Good morning, Hillside. I had a thought uh, this morning in prayer, and uh, I just wanted to ask, how many of you came here with hope to experience God or an expectancy? Amen. And I think with what's been said about dust on ourselves, and we're talking about uh, raising healthy emotions, restoring, raising up, and getting better, healthier emotions, I'm understanding that a lot of times we come in and that dust uh, the negative feelings of whatever we've been going through, maybe a long season, you could feel like, well, maybe I'm hoping Jesus is going to meet me today. Maybe I'm hoping, but you might not have an expectation that God's going to meet you. But as you begin to connect with the Lord, as you begin to respond to the Holy Spirit, there comes an excitement that comes into our spirit, and something rises up inside of us, and that becomes expectation that your spirit would reach out and grab a hold of what God has for you today. Today is a time of refilling, refreshing, strengthening. You're going to go out of here stronger than you were when you came in. You're going to be fortified. You're going to be built up because the Holy Spirit's commitment to you is to strengthen you in the inner man. Lord, I pray today that you would cause the Holy Spirit to move upon us right now. Lord, we are under our emotions. Lord, we're under the dust. And we're praying that you would bring a Holy Spirit swifter over us, God, that's going to lift off the dust, lift off the unbelief, and cause there to be a supernatural empowering and strengthening in our spirit that we can grab a hold of our will and we will have an expectation, Lord, come upon us to appropriate and to apply and to receive from you those good things that you have, that we might become stronger, Lord, that are our emotions would become freer and that we'd have more joy in our lives and we ask it in Jesus name how many are using your electronic device for your Bible phone whatever you just raised that up in the air look at that I still use the text that Moses got the, the stone that was handed down <laughs> from the mountain. I'm not too electronic yet, but I'm working on it. You know, uh, we often uh, talk about in Christ, we have an inheritance. We, first of all, when we receive Jesus Christ, our spirit is made alive, but we have a home in heaven. We have eternity is all buttoned up for us. Jesus died, paid the price. But we're in this process of the salvation of our soul, getting back our emotions and, and having everything in that right place so we can have the joy, the peace, the love, the happiness, everything that's for us. And so God's working on us through the Holy Spirit to strengthen us in our emotions. And so we're dealing with past, we're dealing with present, we're dealing with attitudes and all these different things. But we have an inheritance and it's ongoing. And the more we grow in the Lord, we receive more and more an understanding of what's ours as believers, and we apprehend it, we appropriate it, and we live it out. But did you ever consider that you are an inheritance for someone? You are God's inheritance. You ever think about that? I'm always thinking about what am I getting from God. Anybody get like a little selfish? I'm always thinking, what's mine? What's, what am I going to get next? But we are God's inheritance. And you know, inheritance is not something you earn. It's something that's passed down from your father, from your parents, they leave you something. A lot of us have that in our own bodies, our personalities, our voices, the way our looks. We get a lot of it. Some of us are not happy with what we've gotten from our parents. Some of us are very excited and blessed. Irregardless, an inheritance is given to us. Well, sometimes we struggle with who we are. We struggle with uh, our knowing our weaknesses and our deficits, and 
we, sometimes we come to God and feel like we don't have much to offer. Sometimes we're overwhelmed with shame and guilt and uh, the struggles of how we're trying to surrender our life to God, and we think, hey, we don't have much. Do you know that you are God's great inheritance? You can stand a little prouder today that you are God's child because you are his inheritance. I want us to get your electronic device or whatever and go to a couple of add-ons here, Zechariah 2.12. No such, no such uh, Bible named Bible tr- uh, book named Zephaniah. There's a Zechariah, a Zephaniah, but not a Zephaniah. Zephaniah. Dory's been introducing that book lately to people. Okay, verse twelve of Zechariah two twelve. And the Lord will take possession of Judah as his inheritance in the Holy Land and will again choose Jerusalem. This is kind of talking towards the end times when everything comes together and, you know, the body of Christ is coming together. Israel is going to come back and God is taking his inheritance out of his people. Now go to Ephesians 1. We're going to read verses 17 and 18. Paul is praying for us, and he's praying for the church at Ephesus. He prays that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. What does that do? When we have that spirit of wisdom and revelation of the knowledge of who Jesus Christ is and what he's doing in our life, it raises us out of our stuff and out of ourself. Verse 18, that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of your calling, his calling in your life, and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? Yes, I am his inheritance. Again, you could stand up today. Yeah, you may not be where you want to be. You might not be exactly where the Holy Spirit is working on and bringing you to, but you are a work in incredible progress. And he loves you just as much before you start letting him start the process as you do right now in the current place of that process, or even maybe you're recognizing the dust that's on your shelf. You are God's inheritance. That should bring a great excitement to you today, that you're positive. You're something positive in God's eyes. You're something very positive that God is looking forward uh, to, to you in, in how you relate to him now. And yeah, he's going to be excited when you come home to heaven. But right now, he's so pleased with you. Me too. Okay, raising our emotional health week four. I hope you guys are getting in touch with uh, the negative emotions, the things from your past that you're feeling really uncomfortable and crummy sometimes. That's good because when you're looking deep and you're, you're examining and taking a, an examination of your emotional health and what kind of emotions you're having, it's part of the process of letting the Holy Spirit bring healing. Our key verse today is Genesis 2-7. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul, mind, emotions, and will. The breath of life was impartation to that hump, hunk of dirt that made it life. There was an infusion at that moment of spirit life, which is part of God, and that, that dirt ball man became a living being. Part of God was imparted to it, and it was going to be eternal. You cannot get rid of it. It's alive. But that part also that became the soul gave the man his will, gave him all of his emotions, all of his desires, and all of his personality and character traits. 
And since we're passed on from Adam, as we're created in the womb, as dirt balls are being created in our mother's wombs, the Spirit of God is puts, our, puts the spirit of who we are in that baby at that conception. And there's two things going on. There's a spirit, but then there's the soul. Your unique personality, temperament, your fingerprints, everything of who you are. And so that's your soul. But we understand when Adam and Eve sinned, the soul lost its, its life being able to submit under its spirit connected with God where it's fellowshipping with God. Yeah, we're, we're teaming here. We're close. We're walking. There's no, no sin. And now the soul is separated from God because of the spirit dying in relationship with God. And now the soul is left totally to focus on the world. All the negative things which we get bombarded in our emotions and feelings because, because of what we see and feel. Everything that uh, even that Mark was saying about how we look at uh, the current events and see like, wow, we're, World War III is coming. Ah! No. We're going to stabilize our emotions through Jesus Christ and through getting stronger in our spirit and, and feeling our emotions, talking about our emotions, not denying our emotions, but letting them have that proper place so that restoration can happen in our soul. Everyone understand that. God's creation in, in us is complete. It was complete in the beginning, spirit and soul. Now he's continuing that completed work. He's recreating us in Christ Jesus. He's forming us and conforming us into his image so that he can restore our soul. So we have spirit and soul growing together in relationship with God so that we can learn to have self-control over our emotions. Again, you're not denying your emotions when you're having self-control, but sometimes in the moment when it's not proper to release all the emotions, especially if they're negative, you pull them back, you process what is get, getting triggered, and you, and you process them with God, or you process them with a friend or a counselor, and, and you can have the stability come over whatever's triggering your emotions, or whatever's connected to emotions that were traumatized or hurt or wounded in your past. And so you're bringing this soul life, you're bringing this healthful life back into your emotions so that why the bottom line you can restore and have joy and peace and happiness and contentment all the good things that are a part of our emotions that we're supposed to have that a lot of times we don't have like when we come into church sometimes we feel such a spirit of heaviness we, we've been we've been walking in the world all week we've been beat up our bosses our co-workers everyone's angry and upset everyone's trying to get ahead I, i've been watching people i was watching people we were at starbucks in uh, monterey yesterday watching people come in People look so oppressed, so discouraged, so down. I saw family members with neat, big families, and I, I just saw moms just like, oh, my God. Like, like they were ready to lay down and die. I tell you, the world, the, the world in their emotional condition is in distraught. They're in despair. They're in discouragement. They're in heaviness. Why? Our soul was never meant to carry the weight of responsibilities in this world. We were meant to let the Spirit do that because it's connected with God. We're late, we were made just to ride with Jesus. Okay, evidence of growth. Galatians 5.22. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Self-control is a healthy emotion. Because it can get us in trouble, especially if you're married and you say the wrong thing. Oh, it could cost you a couple days. Against these, there is no law. You can have as much patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control as much as you allow yourself. That's pretty encouraging, huh? That's a real positive thing when we feel bitter and angry and hateful, resentful, fearful, anxious, worried. I mean, wow, 
What do we want to partake from? We want to partake from the positive. So we have to process and, and check out where we're at. Maybe today you're having some negative emotions. Well, be surrendering them to God while we're here. I mean, you don't have to jump up and down or, or have some necessary prayer for you. You can say, God, I want to give you right now my negative emotions. I want to give you my negative feelings. I want to give you, I just want to latch out at somebody today. I, I just, we're in service, but I just want to get someone by the throat. I want to get them. Those are really emotions that need to be healed, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I would say so. Especially if you want to joke me. So we have been looking at raising our emotional health. Let me give you another verse on the soul. In the context of this verse, Jesus was talking to about what they were going to be facing, you know, when, when he left. And he was talking about what disciples are going to be facing on the end times. So in Luke 21, 19, Jesus says this, By your patience, you possess your souls. So again, it's understanding sometimes the environment we're in, the times that we're in, the circumstances that we're facing, the circumstances that we don't have any control over, and yet drawing on our strength of who is in us and who are, we're walking through life with, that, that we have these strong emotions and we process them with God or another safe person, but we don't let them run us. We don't let them uh, steal our joy or our confidence that Jesus is with us, that we're going to get through us. I don't know how long this season is in. I don't know how long I'm going to be in this, but I am going to uh, draw my strength from God. And at times, I'm just going to put everything aside. I'm going to walk away and say, Jesus! I need your help. God, I'm in this situation. I've been here a long time. God, I want you to move. God, I need you to break this. If this has to be broken off, if there's something the enemy's doing and I'm supposed to be out of the season, come on, Jesus, change me. You said whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. God, I'm calling on you. God, if you can break this off of me, if you can break me out of this mindset, if you can break the circumstance off of me, if you can break this, this physical thing off of me, God, I'm asking in the name of Jesus, break this off. Lord, this temptation, this trial, this temptation against my flesh, Lord, how long can I have to be under it? Father, you said you know how to live the, deliver the godly from temptation. God, deliver me from this. God, I need to, to have someone in my life. I need, I need a safe spouse. I, I want to be married. God, I'm asking you, wherever that person is, get them ready. Get me ready. God, I want all that you have for me. God, break off the strongholds. you got to pray like that. you got to talk like that. And if circumstances don't change, the peace of God will be on you anyway. Why? Because you've exercised your will. You're saying, God, I'm tracking with you. You do whatever you have to do in my life, but I want everything that you have for me. you got to shake yourself up. That's the dusting Andrew was talking about. Get that dust off. you got to jump up and down. you got to go like this. The enemy is constantly overwhelming us with circumstances, overwhelming us. We get, a, we get a little up on Sunday. I get a little up speaking this message. I'm sitting there like a dead old, dry, depressed person until I get up. And then when I walk out of the building, I have to deal with the same things I deal with because of my personality and temperament and the things I have to deal with. But I tell you, I got to keep shaking myself too. I got to keep crying out and calling out. And sometimes the way I go through things, I, I have to pray a couple of days at a time about something. And then it just begins to lift. Or on Thursday when I get to be with the intercessors, that's, that's the hog heaven day. That's the hog heaven day. Okay, the definition of the soul. I think it's suche from the Greek. Psychiatrist. Interesting, the word, the first word. Someone who specializes specialized in treating mental disorders. You know what? We live in an awesome day. You know, when we were studying 
uh, Colossians, it said that everything, God created everything. In our day, we are so blessed with so many things of technology, so many people dedicating their lives to get degrees and to understand the psyche and everything. We have incredible counselors out there. If you need a counselor, pray. Go get a, a Christian counselor. Get someone that's going to help you work through your past issues. and stuff. Like, Man, it's so foreign that, to think I, I don't have God. Yes, and you read about Jesus. He delivered people and, and, and people who were even demonized, and they were left in the right mind. So you pray and ask God to deliver you, but you do everything you need to do to make sure you are moving forward in your mental health. That you're, you're, you're shaking every bush. You're, you're attacking. You're digging everything. You're doing your part to get free. We have small groups. There's, there's gatherings. Having a friend that you can trust that's godly and, and not just going to listen to your garbage and then tell your garbage, but someone who's going to help you walk through it. Someone's going to help you get delivered and get free. Why? We're contending for the faith once delivered to the saints. We've got to get our emotions healthy and strong. Why? Because there's more coming at us. Again, as I read about the disciples and know them, they could be in, in joy and, and being beaten. Uh, oh, they're going to go on their way to the cross and they're excited. They're going to go to prison and they're happy and rejoicing. I want that kind of joy that no matter what I'm going through, my emotions are not held in my circumstance. My, um, my, my emotions are free and I have the grace of God to go through whatever I have to go through, even if I have to go get thrown in jail, even if I have to get beaten for my faith. That's what the disciples had. They had, their, they had healthy emotions. They had the ability to work through whatever was going on so their emotions were not just shut down by a situation. We were created in Christ Jesus. We, there's a life force restored in us. We got to get up. We got to be the happiest people on earth. That was just one word about the psychiatrist. Dr. Jesus. Heal us. Deliver us, God. We pray right now. Lord, there are so many mental disorders in the world. There are so many mental disorders even manifested in the body of Christ. We pray for supernatural healings. We pray that you would compensate us in the name of Jesus. You know when you get an injury, you know, a work, workman's comp thing, what happens? They compensate you for getting hurt. You're getting paid some money uh, to, because maybe now you're limping from whatever happened at work, you know? Whatever's going on, you're getting compensated or you're sick. You go through compensation. They're paying you a little bit. I tell you, the Holy Spirit is a great compensation for us. If whatever we're going through is a cross, it's going to work more life into us, then there's a compensation that the Holy Spirit brings to us where it's not going to totally bring us down. It's going to cause us to rise up and it's going to become a weakness where we become a greater strength in our life. That whatever we're going through, it's either going to be seasonal or it's going to launch us into something greater. Or if it's something I have to live with the rest of my life, it's going to cause the Holy Spirit to compensate, compensate. The Holy Spirit is a compensator for whatever we're facing. If your emotions are in the dump, the Holy Spirit wants to compensate you. If you have to use some kind of a drug or something to, to anesthetize the pain or to give you uh, some kind of relief, God wants to compensate that through the Holy Spirit. He wants to break us out of addictions. Why? Because the compensation of the Holy Spirit is greater and it's cheaper than anything that we can use. Doctor, Holy Spirit. Okay. Definition of the soul. It's th the soul is distinguished from the body. It is the seat of the affections, the will, the desire, emotions, mind, reason, and understanding, feelings. Suje is the inner self or the essence of life. The word often denotes person or self. Suje is not dissolved by death. Body and spirit may be separated but spirit and soul can only be distinguished. 
And doesn't the word of God say in Hebrew that the word of God divides between soul and spirit? Again, it separates us so we know, hey, this is crazy stuff I'm feeling and thinking. Hey, this unforgiveness and everything. Wait a second. Why am I thinking that way? I'm, for, I'm free and I'm forgiven in Christ. I'm supposed to live differently. The word of God begins to separate us from the emotions that are unhealthy and wrong. The Holy Spirit begins to cause our emotions to come into this place where we don't allow ourselves to go off and we start making amends with people. We start uh, mending fences and forgiving. Why? Because we're getting an understanding of our soul and where it's been dead and where it's been wounded and where it needs to be healing. But then we start getting healing. Yeah, we can remember. We can be angry at someone that we were once angry at but no i'm healed now i forgave that person we still have the we still have the the thoughts of it of what happened but we're free from it our emotions are healed they're restored we're having good relationships again the greek definition indicates godly need for counselors and people who can walk us through the soul's need for emotional health i went through seasons of counseling too myself I probably could use them more right now. <laughs> what are our emotions? The definition for Webster's is a feeling, passion, sensibility, and a strong subjective feeling. The Webster's is to experience emotion. Some of us are afraid of emotion. I lived with three sisters. I saw a lot of emotion. <laughs> I was afraid of emotion. I learned not to say too much because if you say wrong thing when someone's emotional, it's going to get worse on you. Then I get then they say to me, why aren't you talking? And I'm thinking, you don't like what I say. And when I say it causes me more problem and it all gets focused on me. I'm not talking because I don't want to get any more trouble. <laughs> well, it's not good to shut down. <laughs> oh, my Lord, you can't win for losing. Indicators of the need for emotional help. Galatians 5, 20 through 21. And he talks about, you know, first part of verse 20 or, or verse actually 19 about falling evil desires and all this sexual morality, all that. But here's the juicy part we're talking about. The soul's emotional needs for growth when we have hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger. None of us have that. Selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy. Hmm. It says, sins like these, let me tell you again, and I have before that anyone living this sort of life cannot inherit the kingdom of God. So it's interesting when we're stuck in these part of our negative emotions, the anger, the jealousy, the dissension, the envy, we stop this inheritance process of gaining all that is given to us or granted to us or God wants to give us in Christ. So as we begin to focus again on dealing with our unhealthy emotions, we're getting restored. We're gaining our inheritance again. Anybody want to stop receiving a check in the mail? No. We're going to do everything we can to keep getting that, that the finances coming in. We need God's help. We need that restoration. So, so we've got to keep working on ourselves. What do our emotions need healing from? I want to start off talking about fear. Webster's 2. A feeling of alarm caused by expectation of danger a state of dread or awe to be afraid of could be a personal traumatic experience that have happened to you and so you're on a heightened on guardedness from what might happen even in our relationships say in marriage as marriage process happens sometimes we're not 
on our best behavior. Sometimes we're triggering each other's stuff. And so sometimes in marriage, we, we hurt each other. And so sometimes one spouse or the other might be thinking, okay, you're going to act like that again. So they become guarded. And so it takes a while to bring this healing process where you genuinely are healed and different. And it takes time to see for your spouse to see that I am changing, I am different. But over time, if you are consistent, you're going to be able to heal your relationships. Because God doesn't keep you in that, that place. God helps us restore and recover and change. So, and when your spouse starts seeing that, you know what? The grace of God's going to come to them to extend that grace to you. You might do that in friendships. You might have to walk back into friendships. And when the healing process comes, you can have a restored relationship with a person that it kind of blew up on. You know, sometimes past events trigger, get triggered, and feelings of the past come up, and so we get alarmed. We get fearful, we get controlling, we get defensive, we back up, we feel the emotions of fear. How many know what fear feels like? Not a good emotion, huh? Not like joy or happiness. God wants to bring a stability in our lives. God wants to bring a healing agent of the Holy Spirit to restore us and to re deliver us from fear. There's a promise of deliverance in Psalms 34, 4. You know, David wrote from his own experience. And we read his story, and you re read his story, and he went through a lot of hard things. But he wrote this. I sought, inquired of the Lord, and required him of necessity and on authority of his word. And he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. David being susceptible to human feelings and fears. David looked and required. I think of that first word, I sought the Lord. How often in we, and when we're fearful do we seek the Lord? I think sometimes fear overwhelms us and we're caught up in the emotion and we actually go into neutral. And we get reactive. We get angry. We get controlling. But David, somehow along the way in, in how he dealt with fear, so that he could write this way to get through, said, I sought the Lord. Maybe he got tired of feeling those fearful feelings, especially I, many times, I guess he was on the battlefield, and he, and he faced overwhelming odds and enemies. When Saul was trying to kill him, I'm thinking the fear of being killed by someone that uh, was the king that God had called into being, I'm sure fear was there but David began to 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 take those moments when those emotions that are not right he began to use those as opportunities to seek the Lord I want to challenge you this week the next time fear gets triggered that you grab yourself and you begin to call on the Lord and and if you can actually be alone where you're not ashamed to call out begin to cry out okay Jesus this fear is on me again I have this overwhelming fear. Jesus, I, I really want to see you deliver me from all this fear. I want to see you, Lord, deliver me from this stronghold of fear that captivates my emotions, that causes me to be defensive, that causes me to be apprehensive and causes me to step back. And begin to call on him like David did. Begin to seek the Lord. It says, I sought the Lord. I inquired of him. Come on, Lord. Maybe you're, you don't know the root. Sometimes things happen to us we're so young that there's connections, but we don't psychologically or emotionally have the ability to connect the dots 
but he inquired of the Lord, God, what is this about? David was one who inquired over and over during his life about different situations. He inquired of the Lord because he was in a strong or he was in a place where he didn't know how to change the situation. He didn't know how to overcome it, so he began to seek the Lord. He began to inquire of the Lord. And sometimes we can sit there, well, you know, I prayed about that once. No, are you still troubled? You didn't, you need to go there again. Go there again. Get desperate again. Say, excuse me, Lord. We, I know we, I said this before, and I've just kind of passively got back down and let the dust collect me again, but this is really bugging me. God, why? God, why? I love that. He inquired of the Lord. And he required. I don't think there was any passivity in this verse. He inquired, and he required. Uh, Jesus, uh, God, I need this. I need freedom from this. I need freedom from this thing that overwhelms me and affects me and, and has me captive. God, deliver me from this fear. In John four eighteen, God's perfect love drives out fear. There is no fear in love, but God, who has perfect love, casts out fear. He drives out fear. Because fear involves torment. You know, that's the thing, the stronghold about the enemy too. He can take the things that have happened to us in our past and torment them with us. Why? Because the things that have hurt us are so deep in our psychological makeup. They're so deep in our personal experience. Any pain, any emotion, any physical things. There's such a linking together of all those things that there's a stronghold that gets built. The tormentors are not from God. God wants to deliver people from torment. And a lot of times we question, why did this happen? Hey, I can't tell you. God may never tell you except the fact that we know the Bible says that we live in a fallen world. And Satan is the one that kills, steals, and destroys. And I think we have to just come to God and say, God, I don't like what happened to me. I'm wanting you to make everything perfect from what happened to me. But I'm maybe thinking... It's not going to change, but God, I'm ready for you to change me. I'm ready to move on from everything that's holding me to the past, from every experience that when triggered brings back the trauma and the negative feelings. And I tell you, that's why, again, we have counselors and we have the Holy Spirit. Between both of them, you've got to get free. Again, definition of fear from the Greek Phobos, the word signified flight. Later it came to mean that which causes flight, to run away. Also meaning terror, dread, and fear. When fear comes up, do you find yourself running? You know, sometimes the things that God's trying to bring to us to deal with or he's allowing to trigger is because we're running and we're not pressing through and getting the victory. So that thing stands as a wall like Jericho that continually intimidates us and keeps us from the victory that God has for us and keeps you from being that inheritance that God has to affect other people in the world. What about the fear of people? Again, in the context of persecution as his followers and facing Satan and people, Jesus told his disciples in Matthew ten twenty six, do not fear them. Is there a them on your list of fears? Do you fear people? Are you intimidated by people? God wants to remove that. The Bible says that the fear of people is a snare in your life. It's going to hinder you 
from the freedom and from the giftings that God has graced you with that he wants to come out through you. Here's another definition of Greek from that verse. It's called phobio, not fabio. Panic that grips a person, causing him to run away, to be alarmed, to be scared, to be frightened, to be dismayed. Like just, you're just so overwhelmed with fear. It's like every, every kind of logic, every kind of reason leaves you. The person you are apart from fear, it's just, where'd that person go? You know how we are. Sometimes you can be so strong, but when this fear, whatever it is, comes on us, it's like we're not even, we're not even who we normally are. To be filled with dread, to be intimidated, to be anxious and apprehensive. Jesus was telling his disciples not to fear people, which is destructive and is a hindrance, but to have the fear of God, which is a fear that brings security. It's a, it's a fear. It's like, oh, it's a trust that God's going to get your back, that God's going to make you feel secure. Maybe our worship team can come. I'm going to try to go through, uh, in my next message, view through more of these um, emotions that are so real that as you identify with different ones of them, pray about them and, and let the Holy Spirit work that healing. But I just want to throw out the positive emotions. Peace, the absence of war or other hostility, calm and tranquility, joy, delight, happiness, gladness, a source of pleasure, a fruit of the Spirit, Dory plays this song called Happiness Is, and she plays it about 10 times a day. I'm starting to, to get mad about it. <laughs> and there's, you know, anxious has a negative part, but there's a positive thing about anxious. Have you ever had the kind of anxi anxiety where something good is going to happen, you're going to go on vacation, and you're just so excited, you have such an expectation. Maybe you can't sleep, like kids before Christmas. Christmas Eve, you have just such an expectancy. If you need prayer, come and people will pray with you.